0: everybody, welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast a Tales from the Crypt Review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is season 7, episode 6, Cold War. If you can hear noises in the background, that would be Gus the podcat because he decided to already start up on his shenanigans as soon as I hit record. He thinks that the Roomba is fun to play with and it's not even running. He is suddenly interested in the little spinny things on the bottom. So just warning you now, I think he's a little crazy. So that's what Gus decided to do. So again, I'm talking about Season 7, Episode 6, Cold War. An episode that's pretty fun. It's got some interesting themes and stuff in it. And I think some of the characters work well together. I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, so Cold War is a fun one to talk about. Let's get into it. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired... May 31st, 1996. It was directed by Andrew Morahan, who usually directs a lot of music videos. I don't think he normally directs anything else, uh, but that, but, uh, yeah, I think this might be one of the only TV things he did. There's also an uncredited director for this, uh, Robin Baxter. The screenplay is by Scott Nimmerfro. This episode stars Ewan McGregor from TV's Obi-Wan Kenobi and movies like Fargo. Uh, Jane Horrocks, she plays Bubble and a few other characters, uh, I think at least one other one, in TV show Absolutely Fabulous or Abfab Fab if you're a fan. Also stars Colin Salmon from movies like Alien vs. Predator and John Salthouse from TV's Dream Team. I'm going to go ahead here and read the description of Cold War on the back of the box. Zombies? Vampires? Thanks for asking. They don't like each other and here's a little demonstration why. I kind of wish they didn't tell you what they are, because it seems like in the episode, when it's revealed, they make it like a big point the way they say it. So I don't know if it's supposed to be more of a surprise, but they tell you it here, which I'm kind of glad because I wasn't sure what the one other creature was um, at the end. So this is zombies versus vampires. I really like the relationship or like the way that the actors Ewan McGregor and Jane Horrocks play In this episode jane horrocks really shines in this episode i think she's great in this and i think the two of them work well together so let's go ahead and get started on this one gus you need to go sit down cats right like i just he was just fine and then as soon as i hit record he's like i want to climb on everything so this episode opens up on the crypt keeper and he is a marriage counselor which at least this one kind of goes along with the episode so he's a marriage counselor he has like a degree up from the college he was at. Let me see what college is. I think it's I Kill him University, I think is what it says, or You Kill Em. So he's a marriage counselor, and there's two human people who are down in the crypt in front of his desk. He has some candles, and they're talking about their marriage, and he's just a marriage counselor. He's helping people. He brings in the episode, and we're in Tales from the Crypt, Season 7, Episode 6, Cold War. We are in London, and they're bringing in the credits over, I, I think night, night is Falling on London is what it looks like. And there's a kind of a long driving intro here where they finish up the credits and it's three people in a car, a red car, uh, and it's Ewan McGregor's character, his name is Ford. And then you have Jane Horrocks' character, her name is Cammie. They have another guy in the car who's driving played by um, John Salthouse and his name is Cutter. And so he's driving the two of them around, Cammie and Ford, they're driving around. And what they're doing is they're looking for somewhere to rob. Ewan McGregor looks cute in this, they're like they're all cute. Jane Horrocks has this cool like hair thing that kind of goes in her eye and she wears like a lot of like black leather or something. And then this uh, cutter guy, he's just like kind of slightly balding and just like chilling, but they're having a good night. You know, they're kind of making jokes and they're looking around for somewhere to rob from so they can get some money. And they pull up to this place that I think used to be a bank. So Ewan McGregor's like, oh, that used to be a bank like or that's a bank, let's go up to it. And there's also a theme in this episode that gets repeated multiple times, where Ewan McGregor especially is like, don't touch my face, don't hurt my face, don't do anything near my face. At one point, she's kind of waving the shotgun around. It's like a sawed off shotgun or something. And he's like, whoa, not near my face. So like it keeps getting brought up about, like they don't want their face to get injured, mostly him, but like she does mention it later. So that's something to keep in mind, which again, I feel like it's more of a reveal at the end. So the fact that they put it on the back of the disc is kind of disappointing. So they show up at what was supposed to be this bank. And now it's going to be a laundromat. It's closed. Not on the face, not on the face. Okay, chill out, Cutter. Just chill. All I'm trying to tell you boss, is it he ain't here. Cause he ain't here. It used to be a bank. Now it's a laundrette. And I guess they were trying to, they're going to give money to this guy, Cutter, I guess. And his name is Cutter for a reason. Like, he puts a knife up to Ewan McGregor's face. And that's one reason why he's like, oh, not my face, you know. So he, like, promised him some money, I guess. And so, yeah. So the bank is shut down. It says, coming soon, lingerette. So they go to this gas station. Yeah, they both kind of have, like, kind of leathery outfits on. He's got more of, like, a Hawaiian-type shirt underneath his. And I think he's trying to do an American accent. I'm not sure what he's doing. Ewan McGregor's character, Ford. Because he's he's Scottish. And he's in this... You know, British production. And I don't know if he was trying to do more of a British accent and it came out sounding like this, but it sounds more like a, he's American. Like he's the way that he like carries himself and the slang he uses and things. It kind of seems like he's trying to be from New York. He's like, all right, Cammy, we're going to go in this gas station and rob it. And Cutter is still out in the car. He's like in the getaway, right? Um, he takes one of the, his guns and then I think she's got the shotgun and they go into the gas station and oh no, it's already being robbed. <laughs> so They go in there, and there's these, like, two or three other guys. They're of Asian descent, and I've mentioned it because it's a little important. So they're in there, and they got bike helmets on, like motorcycle helmets, and they're in there, and they're holding up the poor cashier, and he walks in, that's just Ewan's face when he walks in, and he's like, oh, well, geez, we can't even rob this place. And I think it's, yeah, it's, like, two guys. And then they're all pointing the guns at each other, and Jane Horax has a, like, sawed-off shotgun, and so they're all yelling back and forth at each other. And then eventually, one of the the other thieves with the bike helmet is holding Ewan McGregor and they're all like yelling at each other. And then kind of important to the episode, there is a little bit of like slight slurs, not really slurs, but like making fun of each other's races and things like that in this um, lightly because there's, there's a reason for that and I'll explain it. But like he mentioned something about like Buddha when they first walk in. And then at one point, uh, the one guy has a gun to Ford's head and Cammy is like calling him Kato. Okay, let's just be cool here. I'm a firm believer in the teachings of Buddha, and like the fat man always said, first come, first served. So uh, we'll just be backing out of here. Not in my face. Anywhere, but in my face. Come on, (sighs) Neely. Grab your gun! Drop it! I'll just put it here. Let's put it there. Drop it, bitch! Bitch! Shit. Who the hell do you think you're talking say to? Ho ya, oh, yeah. Say hoya! Say ho Say, ho say ho No! Say, Drop it or he's I dead! In your dreams? Say, I'm gonna wear your ears as a fucking necklace, Kato! Don't call me Kato, bitch! Then don't call me bitch, Kato! Kato is a character, at least I think that's what they're going for with this. There's a character from Pink Panther that is named Kato. So Kato was played by Bert Kowok. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's probably not. He was an English actor of Chinese ancestry, you just sent, And he was known as Kato in the Pink Panther films. But he is man manservant and an expert in martial arts. So that's what she's implying when she calls him Kato. And he's all mad about it. And then the other thief guy who has a gun to Ewan's head makes the mistake of calling Jane Horrocks's character, Cammy a bitch, which she does not like. And so Ewan's like, oh, you're going to get it now. And so then she has like another secret gun. She pulls it out and then that's when Cutter comes into the gas station. And there's like, everybody starts shooting, lots of shooting in this. And it becomes like slow-mo, you know, leather. And Jane, like I said, Jane Horrocks looks great. She's doing great in this episode. I think she's fun in this. Ewan's great. They they work well together. Um, But Cutter is like a distraction. So he walks into the, to the gas station and everyone just starts shooting you get shot in the leg. Everybody's shooting. I don't know what happened to the poor gas station attendant. Okay, yeah, so there's two more guys behind the thing. So was three guys that were were robbing the place before them. And so in this, in the crossfire, Cutter dies. So their driver is gone now. I guess, I think they might have owed him money, but he is gone now. So now they jump back in the car. I think they, they're not really sad about it. I think they figure Cutter will take the rap, I guess. Yeah, Cutter's like, he's not even like dead dead yet. I think he's dying. So he like, they show him in the in the door frame of the um, gas station and he's, Cutter's just like leaning up against the wall and lighting a cigar, because I, I guess he's gonna die. So they get away in the car and they're like, woo, we got away! And they get back to their apartment, which I don't, it's not what I would expect for their apartment. It's implied that they live in kind of a, like a bad part of town, I think. And the walls are really thin and there's God knows what going on in this, other, this apartment complex. But in their room, in their apartment, it's all these different artifacts and like different statues and things from all over the world, which kind of makes sense a little bit if you it, like, cause when you think about what they are, because basically they're zombies is what they are. So they're zombies. So if they're the undead and they just go around stealing money and then maybe traveling around, but I, I find it unlikely the way they are. So what I'm really thinking is, is they, which maybe they imply it, but I don't, I didn't catch it. Is that this isn't their apartment. Or like they took this apartment over. Maybe this was Cutter's apartment. But they are in this place with all these different artifacts and statues. And she's going through and picking the bullet out from his leg. And she's digging to get it out. And then when she goes to get it out, he's like, oh, that's the wrong one. What are you doing? And she's like, they all look the same. So he's like, no, that one is kind of healed. It's this one. So she's on the like wrong leg picking another old wound. And so he's been shot before. This is another implication that like they're zombies. He's been shot before. It's usually in his leg or his chest or something, but he has a lot of scars. It hurts. They can feel it, but they just, you know, they pull out the bullet and then usually it heals up for the most part. I mean, you still have the scar, possibly maybe even just the hole, but that's one reason why they're so weird about their face because they can still walk among people if their face isn't that messed up, because it's not going to heal right. So they're both a couple. They're zombies. They live in this apartment. They're kind of toxic for each other, like, with each other. So they got in a fight because she picked the wrong wound, and then she walks away, and while he's screaming, there's, this, there's a couple really good parts in this episode that made me laugh, and it's the neighbor, and there's some random neighbor that you can't see, and every time they get too loud, the person's like, knock, knock, and they're like... You're being too loud. Just randomly in the background, and then they'll be like, shut up. But then no one ever calls the police, no one ever does anything. Ah! Oh, still, ah! I can't find it. Ah! Ah! Well, of course, you can't find it. That's the wrong leg. What well, how was I supposed to know? There was a hole there. Well, that's an old hole. The new one with the slug in it is in this leg. Fine you such a wanker. you can do it yourself. Oh, there's that word again. I mean, it's not like you haven't been shot before. Why do you always have to make such a big deal out of it? Because each and every time it happens, it still hurts. Here, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! Ah, quit your crying. It barely grazed you. I could have done some serious damage if I wanted to. Yeah, hey, you'll be making too much noise. Shut up, Shavy. Don't make me come up there. <laughs> good go on then leave you'll be back and he ends up firing the gun at her and like grazing her arm in the apartment so she gets mad and she leaves and leaves him there and he's like fine do it and they do look pretty pale when you really look at them so then it cuts to this bar and it's like this dive bar type thing but it also has like a disco ball i don't know <laughs> and so there's this bartender no one else is really in the bar and then that's when um uh, what's his name? Colin Salmon, I think, shows up. Colin Salmon plays Jimmy Pickett. So we have Jimmy Pickett here, and he is a black man who has sunglasses on because he's a vampire. and he comes into this place and he's talking to the bartender and he's saying about how he is looking for some women or a woman. He wants a woman is basically what he's looking for. And the only other person like in the bar is some guy that kind of looks, you only see the top of his head, but kind of looks like that oh that mugshot of um of Nick Nolte, that's what it is. The mugshot of Nick Nolte bent over drinking. <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like. So there's no one else really in the bar. And then, oh my God, Jane Horrocks' character shows up and she's like, hey, and he's like, hey, and then they immediately kiss. He takes his sunglasses off and she's like, let's dance. So this episode has a lot of tie-ins or like a it's apparent that it's, they've taken inspiration from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction came out in 1994, this episode came out in 1996, and Ford and Cammie are kind of like the couple in the beginning, Honey Bunny and Pumpkin. Which is funny because both the people who played those characters are also in Tales from the Crypt episodes. So Honey Bunny is played by Amanda Plummer, she was in Season 1, Episode 5, "Lover, Come Hack to Me. And then Pumpkin was played by Tim Roth, who is in, I believe it's Easel Killia. I think it's season three, season two or season three. And so he's in that one. So it's kind of fun. I maybe they were trying to do something there. So that's what it reminds me of. And then there's also this scene here, which reminds me of Pulp Fiction. So she goes and turns on the jukebox and this song comes on and she like starts doing this like serenading dance. And this is kind of a long scene, this whole bar scene. I mean, it goes on for eh, probably like four or five minutes, but it's a decent chunk. So she does like this seductive dance, and he meets her out on the dance floor, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it." You know the way to put a smile back on my Hello. face Just the touch of your hand Hello. Hello. What's your name? Ah, and now reality sets in. You don't like reality? Reality sucks. I've had reality up to here. But if you must know, the name's Jimmy. Jimmy Pickett. Hi, Jimmy Pickett. If I said I could change your reality, would you be interested? Baby, I've been on the ground for so long. If you dance a little closer, I'll show you just how interesting. I'll take that as a yes. And they end up going back to their other their apartment with all the trinkets and things. So Ford is back from, I guess, getting drunk. And he comes back and he's yelling at the neighbor again. They're like, you're making too much noise. He's like, oh, shut up. And you put the holes in my floor. I don't know shit about the holes in your floor sounds to me that you've been smoking the crack again, buddy. No, no, Guns no. are illegal. Every tom, dick, and wanker knows that. Wanker, I give you the wanker. Every time you make a noise, you put the Wankers. In your sounds like some fucking breakfast cereal to me. Wankers. And then he comes into the apartment, and then out from the bathroom, all steamy and clean because they took a shower together, is Jimmy Pickett and Cammie. Ford is like, oh, you came crawling back, but then they both come out. And then he's looking at this guy and he's like, what are you doing? You know, and all this stuff, like, how did, what's going on? And she's like trying to make him jealous. And I feel like this has happened before that sometimes she would bring guys home or um, something like that, because I think it's, it's implied later. I think that Cutter, their driver was a human. And sometimes I think they mess around with humans or use them as, you know, they use them for a while and then they kill them or like maybe she would bring guys home and then he would kill them afterwards. You know, I don't know. I think this is like a game they kind of play. And so she's like, yeah, this is who I'm with now. Hey. And they're like in robes and stuff. And he's like, really? You're with this guy? Okay. He makes a, a racist remark. And then Jimmy Pickett's like, how dare you, you racist and everything like that. And he's like, no, it's not because of your race. And what it is, it's like, you know, they're both zombies. So like they're very against, they're very, or at least Ewan is especially very against anyone who is not a zombie. It's them two against the world um, because they're different. And so he shoots Jimmy Pickett in the chest or like lower chest. He falls back. He's in this robe. Then (laughs) Cammie and Ford are like, oh my God, we're back together again. Yay. (laughs) You know, and it's not even that big of a deal. They just shot some guy in their apartment. No cops are coming. Uh, No one's going to call anyone because this is a weird apartment, a shady apartment. And there's a good scene here where they're both talking to each other. And then like from in between them pops up Jimmy Pickett. He is not dead. Hey, you can't partner one of them. Geez, I can't even believe you let him, do you? Take another shower, Cammie. The thought of it's making me sick. You racist little prick. Maybe it's time (laughs) for me to him some manners. Jimmy, no. He doesn't get it, does he? Oh, I get it, all right. You're gonna be my (laughs) bitch. Oh, Superfly, chill out. Look, this isn't about the color of your skin. In my world, there's only one thing that determines who rakes and who doesn't. Simply put, are you alive or are you dead? (coughs) Uh 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 Any more questions? when you do that. I thought we agreed. After Cutter, no more humans. Then stop treating me like shit. I'm tired, Ford. I want out. There is no way out. Face up to it. We belong together. Now, tell me why. You know the answer, tell me. Because we're zombies. That's right, The Walking Dead. Whatever you want to call us, we're no longer part of the world out there. The living can't be trusted. Neither can the day. And now he has like green eyes or like green cornea eyes or whatever and teeth because he is a vampire. Now at first I wasn't sure because he's doing a lot of like hissy spitty s- type stuff. And I was like, is he a snake? Like I didn't know what he was supposed to be because I didn't read the back of the box yet at the time. And so I was like, I can't tell. But then later he's like a vampire. He's a vampire. So I was like, oh, okay, so it's vampires or it's the zombies. I don't know why she didn't notice that he was a vampire or why he didn't notice that she was a zombie. Because once he finds out, Jimmy Pickett's like, ew, I can't believe I, you know, putted in someone undead and it's like how did you guys not I mean you're undead kind of too but how did you guys not know shouldn't you guys smell it on each other or something but somehow they didn't know which is kind of weird so then they're screaming he's like yeah I'm gonna mess you up And he starts flipping them all over the apartment and that's when Ewan McGregor I think calls him Count Chocula at one point Colin Salmon, he's really getting into it here and lots of like hissing and like really deep voice and stuff. And he's holding Jane Hawks' character up and he throws her and just like everything's getting broken and trashed in this apartment. And they're fighting. It's a lot of like, ew, you're a vampire and ew, you're a zombie. We're no different than you! Blasphemy! Your kind are garbage eaters! Mindless, lazy critters who live off the flesh of the dead. You feast on what we vampires throw away. Now bow down to me, bitch, and show your master some respect. What did you call me? A name worthy of your species. Dog. Hey! You're gonna regret that. Bitch! That's what I thought you said. And they stab him through the back with a fire poker and then shoot him, I think with that, or they go to shoot him with that shotgun. Oh yeah, they got the poker and the shotgun and they're pushing him towards their window. And the window not open, but they're like kind of high up on the, on the floor in their apartment. And so he pulls their gun out of the way. He hisses, grabs both of them by like the necks and jumps backwards through the window. I thought it was kind of a cop-out on the ending, just a little, because it seems like it just ends abruptly. But I also kind of like it. I think it's kind of fun, considering the foreshadowing of, like, don't hurt their face. So when they fall, you see that Jane Horace's gun gets kind of pointed towards Ian McGregor's face, and he's, like, has a scared look on his face, and they go flying over the side, and you don't see what happens. And then it cuts to the disco ball, and they're back at this bar, and they're having some drinks, Jane, or uh, Cammie and Ford. And you can't see Ford's face yet and they're talking and she's saying the same things to him like, oh, we're stuck together forever because we're both zombies and I love you and I'll take care of you. And so what happened is when they flew out, when they fell out the window, I believe Jimmy Pickett as a vampire. He turned into like a bat and flew away. So he, he didn't get hurt, I think is what happened. But then them two fell and like she, he got shot in the face and then she fell on the cement. So then they cut over to him and they're at this bar and no one's upset that they look the way they do. So I don't know if this is a creature bar, but again, why didn't they know when they went home together? So it's like, I don't understand, but there's really no one at this bar. So I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So then they cut over and Ford's face is just all like road rash and all over the cheek. He can't hardly even talk. He has to drink out of a straw and his face will never heal. And she's like, well, I'll be with you, sweetie. I love you. I'll take care of you. And you can see his teeth. And it's not like super gross, but it's like, they did an okay job. And his hair's all messed up and you think she came out fairly unscathed but she didn't so as i peel back around she was injured too but the thing that she got is a broken clavicle so i think she has a couple other issues too maybe with her arm they have like her bone of her clavicle coming out and she's wearing like a low-cut top so like you can see it coming out and that's her injury but her face is fine and so that will never heal either i think she's always going to have that exposed clavicle there and you know now they're truly stuck together forever who else would have them? Again, people are playing pool behind them and no one seems to care. Maybe it's Halloween. I don't know. But that's the end of the episode. They're stuck together. They fell out of the window. Like his looks are gone. Because at one point he's like, who else would want you? We're both, you know, the same or whatever. And so it's, they're stuck together. So it's kind of a, it's a fun episode. That's the end of the episode. Again, I think the acting is really fun in this one. The effects are okay. I think the ending falls a little flat, but it's still pretty fun. It cuts to the Crypt Keeper. He's just talking more about marriage. He is helping people with marriage. But then, no, he's not because they cut back to the couple and now they're both bent down over the desk. That human couple in the beginning, they're both bent down and they both have knives in their back. <laughs> Cryptkeeper, you're so punny. And the best Cryptkeeper pun is... Relationships aren't about who's right or wrong. Look, do you remember how you felt about each other when you were newly bleds? Do you want to feel the same way you felt at your marriage ceremony? Good! Then let go of what you find irritating about each other before it grows too far. (laughs) So yeah, that's the end of the episode. There is a little IMDb trivia for this one. Two years after this episode, Ewan McGregor and Jane Horrocks reteamed in the film Little Voice in 1998, which I think I might try to watch. I think I tried looking it up after this, when I found this out and it looked kind of cute, but I don't think I could really find it streaming anywhere or anything, but I might have to check that out later. But that's the end of Season 7, Episode 6, Cold War. The next episode is Season 7, Episode 7, The Kidnapper. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or on Facebook or I think Podcast Republic and I can read it on the show. Um, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter at GEC podcast, that's at G-E-K podcast. You can send me an email with questions or comments at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. You can even follow Gus, who is now calm and sleeping on the chair. And you can find him on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus. So, yeah, thank you all again, and bye! He thought my heart was beating.